Good afternoon and welcome to another fabulous episode of How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood, starring two fabulous screen and movie divas, stars, megastars. I am Moya and my other co-star. I'm sorry, I talked over you. My other co-star, say it again. <laughs> and I'm Georgia. <laughs> I messed that up. That was a, it was good until I messed it up. Well, hi, everyone. We are glad to be back with you on another episode and a podcast. We, we so enjoy doing this podcast for you guys. And we're not going to mess around today with any of our, our babbling because we have dished up for you is the one that truly defines film noir. And before I even say it, a few sec how to say a few seconds of silence, a few moments of silence, because you already know what I'm gonna say. Barbara Stanwyck, Fred McMurray, double indemnity, the gold standard of which film, all film noir, especially American film noir, is built upon. Wouldn't you say so, Georgia? I agree with you one hundred percent, boy, on that. Yeah, this is, and I say, we're not going to waste time with our babbling <laughs> about other stuff because we have to get right into this movie. So, like we said, it's Bab Stanwyck, our girl, after Betty, and probably after Betty and Joan Crawford. I, not, I just love Joan Crawford, even though I knew she and Betty had their feud. Um, they're just my two top stars, and then there's Claire Trevor and, and other people, Livy de Havilland. But Barbara Stanwyck, I don't know. I, kinda, I don't know about you, Georgia, but I kind of put her on a side by herself, even though Betty's by herself. See, every, Betty is the sun to me, and everybody revolves around her. But Barbara Stanwyck to me is Mars, because and I don't know if that makes sense to anybody because she she could do Betty Davis. I don't think Betty Davis could do the roles that Barbara Stanwyck could. That's why I put Barbara Stanwyck. Bar Betty Davis could never do uh, the dancing and singing like Babs did. So that's why I kind of put Babs, her, she has her own planet, you know, her, her, her own other. Uh, and is, is, is Mars an hour in the Milky Way? It might be. But anyway, she's Mars to me. <laughs> I think it is in the Milky Way where we are. But uh, what say you, Georgia? Well, I am also a big Barbara Stanwyck fan. And, you know, if people had only seen her in the Big Valley and then they see her earlier yeah, work, right, right. they are amazed at her. Right. And uh, one of the things uh, about this role is at first she didn't want to take it. She had to be talked into it because she didn't think she was going to be able to pull off a character like right. this. Right, Phyllis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, this is an amazing role. It, it is it, 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 this movie just kind of like set the standard. It just was, and there had not been another woman quite like this before, ever portrayed a character quite like this before. Right. So the um, femme fatale. She was the first, first, truly. She set the template for femme fatales, and 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 not only just film noir, but you know, just films going forward. She was, she was that person. Georgia, you can go ahead. You want me to, you want me to set it up? Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you what, let me 
phrase from somebody, and in one sense, I'm going to tell you, this is a movie about bad people doing bad things and doing them badly. <laughs> I'm going to set this up for you. The setting of this movie takes place in Los Angeles, 1938, and is that the stuff that film noirs are made of? I mean, it's this is this was co-written by uh, Raymond Candler, who wrote so many wonderful uh, 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 stories about that were noir. He was a fabulous writer. I love his stories. And also Billy Wilder, the director, also co-wrote with him. And the two of them loathed each other. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. But the thing that, that Chandler brought to this movie was some very snappy, rat-a-tat-tat, rapid-fire dialogue. And right. If you listen to the dialogue in this movie, I mean, you are just, it's like your head is going like this. It's amazing. But it really cements very early the... Uh, pull that these two have. They're like two like planets that are going to collide with each other. But anyway, to get back to the to the setting of this movie, um, Fred McMurray plays an insurance salesman named Walter Neff, and Barbara Stanley, Stanley plays uh, a wife, and she has this lure and this attraction and appeal uh, on on. Fred McMurray's character, Walter Neff. And very early on, we find out that she wants him because of his expertise and knowledge he has about the insurance field. She wants him, and, and they both, they're going to commit the perfect murder. And so um, another amazing aspect of this movie is the brilliant performance by Edward G. Robinson, who plays Walter Neff's uh, boss, and his spidey senses begin tingling, and he gets this gut instinct that tells him, ah, maybe this was no accident, but maybe there might be a lot more to this than what meets the eye. So this is going to be one of those movies where at the, from the very beginning, you are on the edge of your seat, and if you like seduction, betrayal, murder, double cross, snappy dialogue, this is not a dessert. This is a scrumptious buffet of desserts. Right. This movie was uh, 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 given a rating of like number 29 best movie ever made by the American Film Institute. But I think it's even better than that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And even though it was made going towards the end of uh, World War II, came out in 1944, um, and, you know, they were, you know, they had uh, other, you know, well, film noir, you know, for those of us who love film, you already know what that means, you know, actually French, black cinema. Some people say the style may go all the way back to the 1920s, um, some films from there. But it didn't really get polished until you... So you had to have the perfect storm of the zeitgeist of the times. Uh, people were returning from World War II, was winding down. So, you, you know, the uh, you're coming out the Great Depression and, and people were disillusioned. Uh, people were more into uh, pragmatism. 
I just like I said, black cinema. So you know, you couldn't just really sell. You know, we because we love the thirties and you know, and the twenties and so all that flapper that's from the twenties and the thirties, the glamour and the glitz. You know, the Gilded Age and all that. That you know, like most world wars, it'll do it. That got thrown out the window. So people wanted more realism. Uh, people became more hardened. Uh, they had seen too much, and not just the. And so the guys coming home from the war. Then the wives or, or the loved ones or the families who were receiving these men home from war, um, and you know some of the women had had gone overseas as well. You know you just couldn't have all those sunshine and roses and stuff and and the, the gowns. You know even the clothes, the fashion change. So in this movie, you will see great fashion from Edith Head, um, and you know, but you don't see the dripping diamonds and furs like we saw in the 30s because times had changed um you know and it, and it was a time like like now i mean it's just life the fashion reflects the times you know the zeitgeist or the the feeling of of the people at the time the overall sentiment and so uh and you know when we're i don't know georgia there's not a lot to give away you know because it is <laughs> what i love about double indemnity it is so upfront with the story, with the character of these of everybody involved. There is no as much deception as there is because the for the murder plot, <laughs> but everybody pretty much is upfront with who they are, and you cannot and this and why I love it is because and it's timeless is because you know you can't hide behind anything in this movie, and once again. Wilder uh, draws you in and you have to take sides. You have to become one of, you are either Phyllis, you are either Walter, or you're either, uh, can't remember um, uh, uh, Robinson's uh, character, you know, the, he's the insurance investigator. You're the, the boss who owns the company, you're him. So, and it's just so funny because I, so like other times, I've looked at this movie at different points in my life. And I don't know about you, George, or how many times you've seen it. But I've looked at it at different points in my life. And so the part where the, the guy who owns the company, the insurance company, he says, you know, people think just because I sit behind a big desk, desk that I'm that we're stupid. And I almost fell out of my chair laughing at that. I'm like, because after he says that, he proceeds to go go on the show just how freaking stupid he is. And it was it was yes. a riot. So it's like this movie is so real. And I said it was a remake in 1973. I'm not even going to try to put forth precious moments of my life that I'll never get back looking at that false imposter. It might be absolutely fabulous, but I'm not. This it is the standard. Oh, did you see it? Did you see the 1973? No, I read a review about it. Okay. It was actually horrible. It was the with you. Then you can realize the brilliance of what you're saying. It's like, how dare you try to remake? What 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 clown signed a check to okay that product that production of 1973? Why even try to do that? Um, but moving forward, so like I say, we don't you can't really give away too much. There is, you know, plot certain plot twists and, and plot devices and storylines that you know we don't want to give away. But this is Life lessons from classic Hollywood, you know, 
So we do have to put that for. So Phyllis, let's Phil. I called you Phyllis. <laughs> What does that mean, Georgia? That's a Freudian slip. That is what they say. I don't know. Well, look. Come, all right, Phil. You are blonde. All right, Phyllis. Uh -huh. But she was wearing the worst blonde wig. Okay. Oh, my. In the, in the daily, they were looking at the Russians. Oh. And so one of the producers said, good grief. He goes, is that wig? He goes, we hired Barbara Stanwyck, but we got George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Just her yes, yes. She, she was, you know. Yes, yes. I, I'm so glad. Okay, see, I thought I was the only one in life no. who thought I was, because that was the one thing of that movie. When I was, when we said we were gonna do it, I was like, oh my gosh, Barbara Stanwyck and that wig. I was like, what? But as an adult now, like I said, look at it and I say, okay, it was to show just how absolutely cheap Phyllis was. <laughs> yes. Cheap and, and delusional and full of herself because when you look in that, when she looked in the mirror, a, a, a rational person who wasn't so, a not who was not a narcissist, you would look only a person, you would have to be a narcissist to think you look good in that damn wig. And, and the wig probably was supposed to be her hair. It, the movie doesn't talk about if it's, a, if it's her hair or a wig, but it's just an awful hairdo. This is horrible. <laughs> but Phyllis was cheap. Phyllis was cheap. So let's talk about the character. Let's talk about Walter. Walter and Fred okay. McMurray's character. Yes. Okay. Um, this is a guy who finds himself just, you know, if you've ever been fishing, you know how you set the hook and then you reel it in? Oh, my gosh. You know, but I think the thing about him is that I think his ego yeah. was a real motivator to him because he saw it as a challenge. Because he thought, you know, because I know so much about the insurance industry, am I going to be able to step up to the challenge and do this mm -hmm. and, 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 and commit the perfect right. insurance scam here right. because of what I know? And I thought his ego had quite a bit to do with it. Yeah. Um, he was certainly not a victim. He was not a victim. No, I, I really didn't see him that way. No. Not at all. Mm -mm. But I really liked the relationship that he had with Edward G. Robinson's character. Yes. They had a bromance. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And at the end, what he says to him. Right. Right. Oswald, but that was the one tender, mm -hmm. real relationship out of this entire movie. <laughs> yes. Him and his I boss thought, had the most authentic, real loving relationship. <laughs> right. Yes. Hello. This was this movie was oh my it's just no no words can describe how brilliant it is. Oh, I agree with you. Uh, but you know one of the things that I liked about this movie was because of the strictures of the the code that they had at the time. You know, you get the sense of the heat and the chemistry, but they did it so well. It was all done with their clothes on. Right. And you notice there's like it's done with the body language, the looks, the dialogue. Um, it, because this is all about great writing, directing, and acting. Um, and so there's one scene where, because you know, you know that they, you know, she seduced him. But the thing that I thought was kind of interesting was, do you, did you notice there's a scene where she's putting on her makeup and he's kind of like lounging back on his chair and he's smoking a cigarette? Right. 
Yeah, and like you said, I mean, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. But I thought they had a way of making things so nuanced. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But you still, but you understand because you know this is a movie for adults. It is. And, right. Uh, but 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 what woman? What woman? Greets like a, a brand new man comes to her house. She's he's a complete stranger. And what is she wearing? Or what is she not wearing? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and see <laughs> that's no, and th to your point. Like I said, as a as an older adult, I, I've, I've seen it every time as an adult. But as an older adult in her uh, mid forties, and, and married, and know how women work and and how men work, you know, to a certain degree, it was over right there. Phyllis knew. Yes. Phyllis, Phyllis, and like I said, it was showing. So Wilder showed you two things: how cheap Phyllis was, and how predatory. And second of all. The fact that, and the ego on uh, Walter Neff, because he didn't like, oh, ma'am, excuse me. You know, he didn't like, oh, you know, he was like, he, 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 he like, his eyes got bigger. You know, they popped out of his head, you know, and he, he got, he had the biggest grin. And Fred Morrow always looked like the cat in the hat to me. Um, so he, so he, the cat in the hat had a Cheshire cat's grin. And so right there, few words just looks, camera shots, set up exactly who these people were. And the story just took off from there. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know what? It comes with life lessons. I mean, this is what happens to a guy. You know, his life could have been, you know, he was offered this promotion. But right. here he meets this woman. And what does he think about? It's all about lust. And greed, yes. Easy money, easy sex, easy, and that—that's his downfall. And then look what happens to him. He just starts to spiral down right. from there. Right. When I was younger and I saw it, and I had Georgia laughing. I mean, I saw it with my mom. I think initially, I think, <laughs> and um, and at first I wondered. I mean, I can't remember exactly. It's been so long ago, but like at some point, younger, naive. I think I felt like he was a victim or, or something to that effect, Jordan. It's just been too long. But but some part of you initially wants to feel like, like I said, this guy's sucker. He's getting reeled in. But very quickly, yeah. Wilder dispels that. And because and very quickly, because I'm so you really, so I would say the part of the movie, not when they agree to uh and we're not giving anything away. Um, agree to murder Phyllis's husband. Um, it's not that part. You know, it is when he when he agrees to she's committing adultery. Well, then go with another man's wife. But it's not just that, Georgia. When when they are talking, when he okay, this one is when when they he he comes back to talk about the insurance. Um, the Phyllis's husband isn't there. As an adult, an older adult who is married, that's when you know, okay, well, he's scum too. Because he, and he tells her, I'm glad you're, he's flirting, flirting, flirting. I'm glad your husband not here anytime he's not. And Phyllis, she, she knew. I don't know. This is what I want to ask you. And, and any women out there who are listening, please put it in the comments 
on our Facebook page, How Betty Davis Saved My Life. Don't forget to um, follow us on Facebook. Um, any seductrix, sed, how I any seductrixes, I can't say it right. Any, any women out there who practices the art of seduction. Let me just say that. I can't say the word seductress. Okay, I said that. Seductress is, there you go. Do you know when you have a man or have you seduced a man? Do you know when you have, you got your hooks in them? Please know, please tell the rest of us. And look, some of the poor single women out there who can't catch a man if she put, if she uh put a spider web over him like, like Spider-Man or she couldn't crazy glue a man to her. Please tell these women, how do you do that? Or, or when do you know you have a man? Because in this movie, uh, I think when Phyllis, when they first met, she knew she had him. And then when he came back and the husband wasn't there and he stood there and flirted with her, she knew, okay, I've got my pigeon. I've got my man who's going to do my bidding. What do you think, Georgia? Oh, yeah. I think uh, very early on, she knew that this guy had fallen. And it was the, at first he says no. Remember there's a part where he says no. Yeah. I yeah. Right. And, and, you know, the things that she does, you know, there's just, he's irrevocably hooked. There's no turning back for him. He is a goner, and you know it. And, but he was, he was scum, though. I mean, both of these people, That's and that's why McMurray and Bab Stanwyck was reluctant to do these parts, because they were so despicable. They were so no like, so not like anything they had played, and they were kind of afraid to do it because like, oh my gosh, this could ruin my career. But you know, McMurray wanted to stretch in here, but he didn't want to stretch this far, but thank goodness that he and she both did it. Oh God, yes. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, um, they had tried other people. They right. They had a double getting this cast. Right. Um, you know, it was offered to, uh, I'll just give you a really quick list of notables here. Alan Ladd, George Rapp, James Cackney, Spencer Tracy, Gregory Peck, the person who really wanted to do it, actually there was there was one, and that was um, I'll say his name, Dick Powell. But Dick Powell was under contract. Oh, he was get out of his contract. Okay. So Fred McMurray, you know, he says, "Hey, you know, because I do these little light romantic right. comedies and play my saxophone," and he goes, "I don't think I got the chops to pull this off." But Billy Wilder was relentless, kept mm -hmm. after him, and so he finally convinced him. He said, you can do this. But, you know, I think that's what makes it even more right. credible. Because you have this persona in your mind of this kind of like gentle, mm -hmm. you know, person who's just uh, very harmless. And then you see him in this role. Right. And there's times when I looked at him and I thought, oh, man, the look in his face. He was perfect. I thought, he, he really was convincing. I saw that mm -hmm. he was, the guy was acting. It was good. He had me convinced. And he was snubbed for an Oscar, which is a tragedy. Babs lost, which I didn't look up. I need to see who won that year uh, and, and who beat her. Cause that's a, tra that's a tragedy. That's, that's a unreal. I, I mean, I think it was, um, I know going my way went best picture because it was oh, the best no. Give me and a I'm break. Not percent sure, but it might have oh, don't quote me on this. It might have been um 
Ingrid Bergman, maybe for Gaslight. Okay, but she ain't no uh, <laughs> she ain't no Barbara Stanwyck. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, hell no. Mm -mm. Oh, not even no. Um, but uh, this film was, I think, the first time where you could actually see a um, where they explore the means and the motives and opportunity for committing a murder. It's never been laid out in a movie like this before. Mm -hmm. And so this was groundbreaking in so many ways. Right. Uh, and you know what I love about this movie is it holds up so well. I mean, the atmosphere and everything doesn't make it feel dated. It just feels, it just right. feels like you mentioned earlier, Moya, it just feels so real. Yeah. And the thing about it is like um, when you see Fred McMurray, it's not like there's something about him. You know, he's doing something horrible and evil, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. But there's something still where you go, but still, I, I can't hate the guy. I like him. Not me. I hated yeah. him. <laughs> I, I, I hated him. I hated him like poison, both, <laughs> both of them. I, I don't know what it was. About I like Phyllis. Mm -hmm. I, I tried to. I wanted to hate Because you, you keep seeing my three sons and... and Flubber yeah. and all that Disney crap. No. Yeah. So this is where George and I, we, you know, mostly <laughs> we agree a lot. But no, I, because I, because, you know, I think Georgia, what it is in this day of age, this day and age of these, of catfishing, of these online lover scams where people, you know, catfishing, for those of you like who've been under a rock, where people, <clears throat> put a picture of somebody else and turn out they're scamming you for money. They're horrible. Or you have these, uh, what's the, what's these guys? Oh, you had dirty John where this guy misrepresented himself. He looked the party act like he was a military person and he wound up trying to kill a woman and having several. So Fred McMurray was fooling himself because he see, and that's what he was so arrogant. And so Edward G. Robinson summed it up. Edward G. Robinson, he should have been nominated as well if he, oh, if he yeah. wasn't. Because he, he summed Walter Neff up and, and he had all the one-liners. When he offered Walter the job and Walter was, was like, no, the promotion, no, 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 I'd rather be out on the street. I don't want to be behind a desk. And he said, you know, Walter, I thought you were smart. He said, he said I thought you were a little smarter than the, um, the rest of these dummies. And I'm paraphrasing in this office. He said, he said you're not smarter. He said, you're just taller. And I said, thank you. Thank, that summed it up right there. He looked the part, but was in fact an idiot. And there are several politicians <laughs> who shall remain nameless, <laughs> athletes and business people who look the part, but are dumber than a box of rocks, you know? But yeah, I didn't feel sorry for him at all. I'm, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't trust him. Now, you know who I liked. Till the, and I was like, she is the devil incarnate. But you know, I love everybody like Joan Collins said about her role in Dinah says Alexis. Everyone loves a good bitch. And Phyllis, you know, I love a good bitch, Georgia. As horrible as she was, Phyllis and I could never be friends because you can't trust she was a sociopath, probably a psychopath. But the character Phyllis. So Georgia, you know, this 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 movie, everybody, is just riddled with life lessons. 
can we learn anything that we can use from Phyllis, George? <laughs> can we take anything from that she-demon? <laughs> does she have any redeeming qualities whatsoever? <laughs> well, you know, I, I remember an old saying. It's like women who marry for money deserve what they get. Mm -hmm. And so that's what she did. She um, married for money, and she turned out to be unhappy. And I thought, hey, she deserved it. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. because even then, after a while, because I think in the movie it goes into her husband is losing money on these on these uh, oil wells. Like, yeah. So she's like already she's like up. Ah, you know, I'm out of here. Right. But um, I think that uh, you you can set as a woman you can set a trap for yourself. I mean, if you use people, mm -hmm. which she obviously did, men were to be used. They were just like right. stones for her fit, to like improve her station in life and to have more money and to have like a cushier life, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and that's what she was doing. And so if you treat people that way, it's all going to come back to you. And it did. It came back to her in, yeah, yeah. again and again. It, it came back to her. So I, it, to me, that's kind of the life lesson. If it's all about money to you, then, you know, that you've got your sights set on the wrong things. Well, unfortunately, in this day and age, I, I can never pronounce it co correctly. Hypergam, hyp oh gosh, y'all going to correct me. That's fine. I mean, that's fine. Hypergamy or something like, I can't say it right. I never say it right. But anyway, it's encouraging and women are encouraging each other to do just what you said to do. There's a, a yes. song, there's a whole, the whole rap female game is about setting men up and getting what you can and, you know, men, right. you know, and, and so, and, and, and women of all walks of life have literally been talking to each other and encouraging this type of, uh, diabolical behavior. Um, and I, again, this is, this, this is one of rare occasions. I, I kind of disagree. I think because of Hollywood code, you know, they, that we talked about before in previous podcasts, you know, those two could not be allowed to get away with it. Um, right. now what, and I, and Billy Wilder, I like how th there was no external force, so to speak, that allowed them not to get away with it. It was the, the, the internal force that allowed them to not get away with it. They, they were, they were destroyed by their own hands, which now that's true because had they, I could have believed it if they had ridden off into the sunset because that happens too. And you know how to say God will get them later, but people unfortunately do get away with murder a, a lot. Um, these women go on to build empires and, and on their backs, you know what I mean? It's just, it's real. You know, they're going to have very lucrative, wealthy lives on their backs. You know, it happens. Um, so, you know, everything, what you're saying is true. What I'm saying is true is all factual. Uh, I think what you can learn, or if there's anything, any life lesson you can learn from Phyllis, what, oh, this is going to sound so wrong. But I, 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 I was, I say this on the good side and the bad side. If you are committed, look, homegirl was committed to Phyllis here. And I admire her for that. If I had to admire anything from Phyllis, she was the smartest one in the room because she was working several angles. I'm not going to give it away. It was. And, and she, and she was for Phyllis. So 
if baby, if you in whatever games you playing, you take the care of number one. And I, I admired that from that Phyllis character. She was in it to win it. She kept saying, write down the line. Once Walter said, write down the line, Barbara Stanwyck just was so perfect. Her face changed. The expression, you have to look at it again, y'all. Don't be on your phone texting. Don't, don't be talking to people in the room. Georgia and I were going to do a reaction video on this, but I'm glad we didn't, Georgia, because you can't talk during this movie. You're not going to want to pause or did you see that? No, you have to look at it straight through. You might want to rewind something, but it's not a, I'm so I'm glad we didn't do the reaction video. We are doing a reaction video, you guys, um, to ladies in retirement with I Little Pino. So check that out. It is on YouTube for free. So please check that out. But yeah, I did admire that about Phyllis. Um, I know there's a lot more we can say. We are a little bit over time. Um, so many life lessons. I don't want to do a whole hour. You know, we're not, we don't normally do a whole hour on, on our thing, on our podcast. Uh, we could, but we won't. Um, so I, I apologize in advance. We are leaving a lot out. So please hit us up on Facebook comments. Maybe there's something we missed. I'm pretty sure we missed. Please let us know, uh, in the movie. Georgia, uh, I'm going to always yield the floor to you for the last words. I just want to say that um, this movie is one that you could just watch again and again. And it is, um, a lot, like Moya said, you have to give it your full attention because you'll miss something. Uh, this movie is full of nuances. And this movie is the collaboration of the best writing, best directing, best acting. I mean, it, that, that is why it is termed as a masterpiece by many. It is. And, uh, and, uh, and I just want to say this about Billy Wilder. You know, he was so disappointed. You know, he was robbed that he didn't get yes. uh, of his seven Academy Awards that he was nominated for. This movie didn't get a single one, which to me, I think it was a gross injustice. It was. Because the studio... The studio was backing um, Going My Way at the time. Boo! I, I have this funny anecdote, and, and then I'll let you go. Uh, Billy Wilder was so jealous of Leo McCary. And <laughs> he, was the, he was called to receive the award for Best Director. Because Wilder thought, at least maybe I'll get Best Director. And he was sitting on the aisle. So when Leo McCary got up to receive the award, Wilder stuck his foot out of the aisle and he tripped him. <laughs> My kind of man. Wilder did get his revenge because he did the movie Lost Weekend with Ray Milland. Love and it. won four Oscars. And so Leo McCary, he got just one. <laughs> <laughs> and he said that he would not have been able to do the movie had he not worked previously with Raymond Chandler. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Raymond Chandler um, was fighting alcoholism right. at the time. And he had... A he had a big problem with um, Billy Wilder because Billy Wilder drove him crazy because of all of his drinking and womanizing while they were trying to collaborate on writing the script for this movie. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to leave you with that. So even though the movie didn't get all everything it deserved through the Academy Awards, this movie is the one that truly stands the test of time. Yes. Going my way was good, but not, mm. you know, it's nice to see. What is? It's not. It's no. Not, um, Nobody ain't talking about not, going my way years later. No. No. Not <laughs> no, even, no. Not even. The, no. This movie is the, the 
Yes. And on that note, guys, we are out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in to How Betty Davis Saved My Life. We have some videos on YouTube. Check those out. Uh, I think it's today our video on how, um, I'm sorry, on uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane is dropping. Well, this will be, <laughs> this will be, uh, it all had dropped about time, about time this, this uh, podcast comes out. Check us out. Every two weeks um, on the calendar, we this one should be coming up. Well, it'll be out already. So, But we have a lot of great material for you. We're on Castos. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google. So, uh, And so I know I'm leaving some out. And again, we are on Facebook at How Betty Davis Saved My Life. Life Lessons um, from Classic Hollywood, but it's just How Betty Davis Saved My Life. So check us out. Let us know what you think about Double Indemnity, Barbara Stanwyck and Fred McMurray. And um, so for How Betty Davis Saved My Life, I am Moya. And ma'am? I'm Georgia. And remember, you are always the star, the celebrity of your own show, which is your life. Take care, guys. We look forward to seeing you next time. Take us out, Shaka. Uh -huh.